first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. Good evening, YouTube. Nathan back with another video presentation. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all staying safe. Um, happy Tuesday. Hope the day was well for you guys. Uh, before we get into the video, there's a few things I need to say up front. Um, this is episode two of Big Nate Talk podcast. Uh, please forgive me. It's been kind of a long day and kind of a, off to kind of really a, a bad week. Um, it was kind of a, a bad day, but, you know, now that I'm, I'm recording, I'm feeling a little better. But um, I definitely want to give a special thank you to Abs and Nick Rosario from Let's Talk Football for joining me in episode one, which has been posted on Spotify. If you have not already checked that out. Uh was not expecting <laughs> that to be three hours long, but it was a great conversation. Uh, I'm for it. Uh, I had a plan. Excuse me. What I wanted to do, I actually should have broken it up and made this actually episode three and made that episode two. Made it an episode of itself, like a bonus clip, uh, but it didn't hit me until after I recorded and sometime in this morning as well. So uh, a couple of things we'll get into tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they lost to the Miami Marlins tonight. Uh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, there was some news that came out that he was not happy with the coaching hiring. He preferred San Francisco. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to give you a couple of quick couple Raven and NFL updates. Also some NBA news. And then Team USA Basketball. And then Simone Biles. And I'm also going to talk about the NFL COVID protocols. I'm going to recap that. And something else came along with that that I'm going to touch on a little bit. So, again, if you're liking the content that you're seeing and you want to see more of that, consider hitting that subscribe button, hit that like button, and let's go. Ovechkin, ladies and gentlemen, signed a five-year deal for $47.5 million. Quote, I'm back, D.C. on Twitter. You know, number one overall pick back in 2004, the champion, he's led the NHL for three straight years. I believe this season he had led the team, I want to say it was with 24 Goals, and I think he was like in the top 15. He missed this year. I want to say he missed 12 games, and he had COVID, unfortunately. And then he missed seven of those games. I think he had like a lower extremity. I want to say it was the groin. 
Uh, if you remember, he actually was the one that represented himself. I didn't realize this. I did my research. I did not know that he represented himself in the 13-year deal when he was first drafted by us. And that was a 13-year deal worth $124 million signed in 08. Um, quote, Alex is a world-class athlete who will forever be regarded as not only for leading our team to achievement, our ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup, but for also inspiring the next generation of fans and youth players, CEO Teth Leonsis. The impact Alex has had on hockey in D.C. extends well beyond the Capital One, Capital One Arena. His performance on the ice undoubtedly sparked countless fans of the game and has inspired more youth players to lace up skates of their own. Off the ice, Alex's impact is equally unmatched. Not only is he committed to the franchise, but he's also to the community. We look forward to seeing him in a Capitals uniform for years to come. Um, so what I'm from understanding, he's also invested in the Washington Spirit, which is a National Women's League soccer, which I have been starting to get interested in watching. It's it's kind of been really hard to really kind of get the games because you got to pay. Because like for example, you got to pay like six, you got to pay sixteen ninety nine for the WNBA League Pass, which is insane to me. But that's that's a whole other story. That's a whole other subject for another video. Um, Right now, Ovechkin is sitting at 730 goals, and he will be fifth on the all-time scoring list behind Wayne Gretzky. He's going to well, – I, I see him getting Wayne Gretzky's all-time rating. I see him probably second. Uh, so he's sixth on the list because it's Wayne – Wayne – no, not, not Wayne. Marcel Dion, if I'm saying that right. And then it's – Brett Hall and Jagger. And then it's the great Gordy Howe, if I have that right. So he would have to get at least twenty to thirty goals a season and to catch Wayne's record. So that should be interesting to see. He turns 36 September. So I don't know what these next five years are going to look like, um, but they, did, they also just traded Brendan Dillon to the Winnipeg Jets for two first-round picks, which is great because it clears up some – it helps with the side cap relief. I know we lost one of our goal tenders to the new form Seattle Kraken – Kraken, excuse me um, – I don't know if the Capitals can really make any moves this offseason. So congratulations to Alex, a great hockey player. But, you know, like I said, you know, Ted Leonsis is a is an interesting owner. He's more invested in, in them than he is the Wizards and the Mystics combined, and it's sad. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to transition into Simone Biles. Um, I mean, it, it, it's all out there ladies and gentlemen. So she pulled out after she stumbled on the vault in the, in the final. And I, I, I really don't know how to feel about this. I, I really don't. Like,
Let me pull the article up. It was written in the New York Times. And she said she was not in a good place mentally to continue. Quote. Actually, let me not use the New York Times. Let me pull up the, the interview. thankfully and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured so I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job which they absolutely did they're Olympic silver medalists now and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in um and it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games, I think, just as a whole, um, not having an audience. There are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Um, so just a lot of different variables. And I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun. And sometimes that's not the case. I just felt like it would be a little bit better to take a back seat, uh, work on my mindfulness. And I knew that the girls would do an absolutely great job. And I didn't want to risk the team a medal for uh, kind of my screw ups because they've worked way too hard for that. So I just decided that the, those girls need to go in and do the rest of the competition. Yeah, we're going to take it a day at a time. I know tomorrow that we have um, a half day or at least the morning off. Um, so it'll be a good mental rest, and so we'll take it from there. Struggling with men mental health issues? Yeah, I say um, put mental health first because if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. So it's okay sometimes to even set out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor and person that you really are rather than just battle through it. It was definitely something that was unexpected. Um, we were okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll put the rest of this clip in the description for y'all to see. Um, I mean, what, what what I took away from that <sighs> I, I feel like. I don't want to. I don't want to see. I, I don't want to like take away from what she said, because I, I, I understand it. It may have been a mental block, and again, like I, I feel like see, and this is why, like I, I don't do that goat talk, like the greatest of all time. Like she is a, a great competitor, and you know, uh, unfortunately, it, it may have just it, she. It, it, 
when you put when, when you establish yourself like she had like the goat logo on, on her uniform and we're all labeling her the goat that is immense pressure that you have to live up to and i'm going to equivalent it like to the game of basketball just stay with me you have your number one your number two your number three scoring option on the team simone biles as green as she is is not a number one score if she played off the ball off ball maybe like a number two number three that's less pressure on her off her where she can do things off the ball run around off the pick and roll or floppy uh something like that some some people are just built differently like she's a great competitor don't 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 misconstrue my words but to me it sounds like i i don't want to I, I don't want to use the word quitting I don't want to. I don't want to use that word. But it's it's the way you. It's the way it happened. Like that's what bothers me. It's the way it happened. Maybe if she just finished the event on the vault, that's different. But like. I, I just, I just don't. I know she was having some trouble with with, with the qualifying, but I, I just, I, I don't know. It's like I, I don't know. Take from it. I mean, I, I applaud her. I mean. Like I said, she's a great competitor, and I was having a conversation with this shot of my boy, uh, my boy uh, Russell Goodacre. I'm just, I, I, he was telling me, he said, I also feel bad for her teammates who finished the second without her. They probably would have won gold had she been there. And I responded with, like, because the vibe that I got to me, this is just my personal opinion. I got the well, I'm struggling, I, like the vault, like okay, we're, we're going to lose this event. And y'all just take it from here. And I, I just don't, I'm, I, I'm not liking that we're using mental health. And like it's now being justified for every little reason. Instead of just saying, you know what? I had a bad game. I had a bad performance. And just say that. Just say, you know what? You just had a bad performance. It happens. Listen, you're, you're on the Olympic, you're on the in front of millions, millions of people are watching you. You're going to have mistakes. There's no such thing as a perfect athlete. Like, I'm going to get into Team USA basketball in a minute, but I mean, again, I applaud her. I understand, you know, you know, she needed to just just take the rest of the event off and just get herself together. Show, I, I'm sure she'll bounce back and win gold. I am sure. I wish her nothing but the best. But I, I'm I'm torn on. I'm torn on it. I'm just very torn. So. I'm going to transition in the baseball. The Baltimore Orioles lost tonight to the Baltimore to the Baltimore Marlins. The Miami Marlins. Um, Spencer Watkins took the L tonight. 
Marlins got a good little little squad. Um, they just came in there, man. They came in there and they just punched us in the mouth. Uh, Cedric Mullins had a solo home run. Uh, the Orioles. I don't know. I will say this. We had Connor Green. He made his debut. He did really well. He struck out two. But uh, that Sandy Leon 3-1 home run in the second inning. And then Sandy Alcaterra pitched seven key seven innings. It's a loss. So So that that snaps a little three game losing streak. Um I mean, Austin Hayes also home run, homer. Um, man, Sydney had two doubles, but like at the end of the day, man, we're 34 and 65. So we finish it. We play them again tomorrow, uh, 7.05, and then we go to Detroit. Well, wow, they're only here for two games. That's wow. Okay. Yeah, then we're going to be on the road. You're going to go to New York after Detroit, and then we're back home. You see the Rays and the Tigers. So we'll see from there. NBA News Recap. So a couple things happened. I'm going to pull up here on Bleacher's Report. That the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans, Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, were traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. The Memphis Grizzlies will also get the number 10th overall pick and the number 40th overall pick this year's draft, as well as the Los Angeles Lakers protected first round pick for next year. And the reported 22 first round pick Memphis will receive is a top 10 protected pick. New Orleans will get the 17th and number 51st overall pick and Jonas Valanciunas. Now, Eric Bledsoe's not – I don't see Eric Bledsoe staying in Memphis. I do see him probably being on a contender, just like I don't see Kemba Walker staying in Oklahoma City. Uh, pretty much this was just a trade to just create space. I know that Lonzo – they could give Lonzo the offer sheet. Uh, I know people kind of want Lonzo out of New Orleans. They probably want, like, another market like Chicago. I know Kyle Lowry's been – they have some interest in him. Um and Valanciunas also, too, he can definitely bring something to New Orleans, some uh, leadership. And, well, not me take that away. He's more of a floor spacer. So I think I, if I could see Willie Green's offense, it's going to be like a money-based system. Um, but but Memphis is getting a, a lead, uh, some veteranship and Steven Adams. Um I like. I mean, I, I think the trade. I think I think the trade is is fair. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is due to make eighteen million dollars, but only four of his nineteen point four million salary for 2022-2023 is guaranteed, 
And then Steven Adams owed $17 million in two years. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think the trade, I think the trade is, is a, is a win-win for really both teams, you know, It could benefit Zion in a couple ways. It could give him another front court partner. Um, I'm trying to think who did he have as a as a front court partner last year. I can't think. Of, I can't. I don't know. Off the top of my head. Uh, Derek Favors. If I'm saying that right, may have been with the Pelicans last. Maybe no, that was 2019. And then Stephen Adams. But Jonas spaces the floor because Jonas can't shoot the three. Um, I don't like the. The, for the Grizzlies, because I don't really see where, for right now, are you in a competing? Are you competing, or are you building? Are you are you trying to get another piece to go alongside John Morant and Dylan Brooks? Um, so I got some questions about that. I'm not really fond of that. I'm looking at the rest of the roster: Jalen, uh, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain. Xavier Tillman Sr., Grayson Allen. So I I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I would definitely say this. New Orleans did free us from Caspi. So let me be interested to see what they're going to do. They're going to match the offer sheet for Lonzo. Because Lonzo's going to get some offers for sure. Uh, and I don't really see Lonzo staying in New Orleans. I mean, he really, in my personal opinion, has not panned out to what I thought he was going to be. Uh, that's why I think De'Aaron Fox was a better player um, come out of college than Lonzo. It's just my opinion. Uh, as far as going outside the NBA uh, around the news as well, uh, Bradley Beal was not happy with the hiring of Wes Ansel Jr. He preferred Sam Cassell, who did not get a second interview. Uh, so <laughs> that 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 might that might sting a little. And then I was reading this earlier. It looks like we're going to be looking at referees calling non-basketball fouls. I've, known, I've noticed this year a lot of players have gotten away with a lot of bad calls and non-calls. So I'm curious to see how that would, would work. Um, so, I mean, I mean – like I said, these players get away with a lot. <laughs> like, it's not even funny. Like, they really do get away with a lot of calls. Like, Chris Paul, for example, is a good one. Um, James Harden is another one. Uh, LeBron sometimes can be another one. So that's interesting to see how that'll work. Really interesting. So... I mean, I already talked about Bradley Beal. Like Bradley Beal is pretty much on his way out the door. Uh, I think. I think this was the. I think us not giving him what he wanted. I mean, Bradley's going to just have to face the facts. His team is not going anywhere for at least three, four years, easily. It, it just, it's not happening. Like the, we haven't gotten better as a team, and even when he was here with John Wall, injuries and. I, I thought I would have seen more, but I mean, the team is not going anywhere. 
So it is what it is. I'm going to stick with basketball for a little bit. Team USA basketball. So I was reading something in the New York Post, and we got some some brothers that are not happy with Craig, Greg Popovich's system. Um, if you remember, we lost to France, 83-76. to 76. Uh, Guys not hitting shots in clutch. Um, I've told you guys, I've, I've said this many times. I mean, let me start off by saying this. Y'all can point to having LeBron, Steph, Kawhi, all of them on the team. It does not matter. You've got a Damian Lillard, Bam Adebayo, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Holiday, Middleton. You got players. You got guys that can go out there and win you the, and win games. Which are the biggest problem that they, that they lack? They lack length. They lack defense. And they, they and the biggest thing is I see a lot of egos. This team is just a bunch of guys that play that don't that 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 don't play as a team. They play more like as in, as individuals, and that shows. Those last three minutes, I'd say, of that game against France. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Durant, Lillard, Holiday. I, I want to say it was big. All hitting all bricks. Now, this is coming from the, the Athletic. Quote, the players are frustrated too, grumbling on the way back to the locker room about running the San Antonio offense when they feel like they're, they're better ideas. So what's a better idea? Standing at the top of the key, we're just twiddling our thumbs and one guy, Damian Lillard or Kevin Durant with the ball in their hands, taking 35 dribbles and trying to break somebody down. Like, I, I, like I'm telling you guys, the, the NBA, I, I blame analytics and analytics, I'm telling you, has exposed the NBA because these guys are soft. These guys have no skill. I mean, just look at this in the NBA. I was watching. It's funny. I'm watching some high school basketball. Champ looks like like looks at high school championships. These guys don't have. Like, these guys lack. They're taking bad shots. They're just jacking up threes. You know, the the transition defense is horrible. They're always looking for fouls. Like it, it's ridiculous. Like this is the same thing I'm seeing on that France game. They're not playing as they're not playing together. When it counts, they're not they're not hitting shots. Like your best player in that game against France was Drew Holiday, Kevin Durant, <coughs> Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton. Where y'all at? Draymond. Draymond's not a shooter. He's a defender. But here's the thing. I this is Greg Popovich. I think it's a little bit of hubris if you think America is supposed to just roll out the ball and win. Popper said the loss. I mean, we just got to gotta work for it just like everybody else. And it's unfortunately sad that once again, we're, like, we're bashing the greatness of Greg Popovich. Instead, we're not looking at the players and going, wow, like, hey, you guys just play selfishly. There's, there's, I just see egos. Like, but I said it, we've been spoiled. Because, like, 2016, 2012, 2008, 
No one said a word about the 014. And we got bronze that year. No one said a word about that. But here it is 2020. Here's, here's the 2020 Olympics. It's Greg Popovich. And he, he, he's trash as a coach. Disrespectful. It's disgusting. Instead, you know what? Maybe you need to look at Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard. Maybe. And, and again, like, even if you put some collegiate guys there, it doesn't make a difference. These guys have to sacrifice for one another. But until then, that's what the, this is what you're going to see. They play Iran, and I believe they'll and I believe they'll win that game. I believe it'll be a blowout by like thirty. But the United, the United States will get it together. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on? Shout out to the Team USA women's team. Uh, they picked up their fifth straight win against Nigeria. The final score was 81-72. A couple of things I took away from that. Uh, we turned the ball over 25 times. Uh, <laughs> that's something you would see like in 2K or NBA Live. Um, they, they, they gotta, they gotta work. They gotta cut. They gotta cut down the turnovers. I know, especially um, against Australia, they coughed it up 18 times, and I believe it was what 14 points. Australia made benefit off that. Uh, a couple of things also too I took away from it was that Brittany Griner and Asia Wilson. That's a that's a good little front court right there. Uh, they both combined for 32 and 23 notes. Yes, 32 points and 23 rebounds. And yeah, Nigeria didn't have any answers for them down low. Now we played Japan. And I think their tallest player is 6'1". If I'm saying that right, she has 6'1". I don't think they have any other taller player than that. So, uh, Sue Bird didn't have a great game. I mean, she didn't score, but she still like she still contributed. She had 13 dime pieces, and then I think she had like a plus 20 according to the when I look at the box score. But she was 0 of 6, and I mean, she. I think she was responsible for. She only had two two of the twenty five turnovers, but she did assist. She did. She did make some great uh, uh, get some great looks. I think she had like five, and like that blow. Like when they outscored them, I think it was like first five or nine of their baskets. So those are things I took away from it, but. Yeah, we got to cut down on the turnovers, and we got to get. I would like to see Ariel Atkins and Tina. I would like to see Ariel Atkins get some more minutes, um, but you know, I think it's more of a. You know, I think Ariel want to get theirs, but it was a good win, so they play Japan next. So congratulations, girls! Um, real quick, I have to also give a shout out to the women's three v three team. They've been playing really well. Of the three and zero. So far, and let me just see. They're going to face France in the semifinals. Carol Lawson, she's doing a really good job coaching these girls. She really is. I couldn't catch the last game, 
but I'm definitely going to try to catch this one. So Kelsey, Chelsea Gray. No, that's Alicia Gray. I'm sorry. She shows 66% from the field. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, but I'm just looking at this team for the men's. Like, these guys, like, half of them, like, Tatum. Like, these brothers can play. It's just egos. That's what I see. That's what bothers me. <laughs> More than anything, it's just egos. So Kelsey Plum is leading the scoring with 6.3 6.3 points per game and then 5 then 5.6 oh, 7 points 6 points a game from Steffi. And they're really doing really well. Which I think who's on that France team? Anya Flip. Tor. That should be a that should be a good that should be a close one, that should be a close one. So let me step in the football real quick. So a couple couple things, uh, we did sign a defensive end Chris Smith. I do know we were also working out the number three from all number three overall pick at Deion Jordan. Uh, not what I was expecting. I would have liked to have seen Justin Houston. Uh, I'm not sure. I really just don't know what what, what what's going what, what what the thinking is uh, in terms of a pass rush. I'm not comfortable with it going into this season. I think you could have used a veteran. Now I know we've been linked to Chandler Jones because if you remember in the, the other video that he he wants out of Arizona because of the contract. Last year your contract is not. Guaranteed because it's a front loaded contract, which absolutely makes no sense. But that's either here nor there. Um, I think he's in like 15, like 15, 15 million. And I know the last few years he's been kind of with, with injuries. But I would think with the addition of JJ Watt, I thought that would kind of make him happy. I know also too. Jordan Hicks doesn't really fit them at this point. So Baltimore can probably pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, well, I'm interested in getting him. So probably give him like a first, maybe like a second round, couple 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 draft picks for him. It wouldn't hurt to see a Chandler Jones here in Baltimore. I think he'd fit, he'd fit really nicely. He would. Um, and also Nick Boyle. Is getting some cleanup on his knee, which means he'll be again. He's on the on the pup list, so that would leave. I would see that would make Josh Oliver the number three tight end until he comes back. Uh, Gus Edwards also tested positive for COVID, so thoughts and prayers with him. Um, so that's pretty much that's happening in Baltimore land. I can't really wait until preseason. And that's going to transition me into around the NFL 
news and updates around the NFL. Um, Xavier Howard requests a trade for Miami Dolphins. He's upset with his contract negotiations. This is him from his Instagram. I've given my heart and soul to the Miami Dolphins franchise since they drafted me in 2016 and want to make it clear that I love my teammates. They are my family. But what I have learned that the business side of the NFL proves that organizations don't always have a player's best interest at heart. My experiences with the Dolphins the past few years has taught me that in 2018, I signed an extension that I'll admit I didn't completely understand or felt feel comfortable with. I put on that deal for two seasons and didn't complain. But everyone knows that I significantly outperformed that deal. I'm one of the best cornerbacks in the game in the NFL. The tape backs that, that claim. The assignments I'm given shattering opponents' best players with a little with little help proves my value and my worth. Yet I'm the second highest paid corner on the team, and it's not even close. I want to clear up a few misconceptions about my situation. My agent, David Carter, and I have not have never once asked for a completely new contract. We wanted to work things out with the Dolphins and brought solutions to the table, like guaranteeing more money. That we felt were in win-wins for both sides. There these were proposals of adjustments that wouldn't just make me feel more respected, but were also cat friendly. But the Dolphins refused everything we proposed. That's why I don't feel like the the organization has dealt me with dealt with me in good faith. I don't feel valued or respected by the Dolphins. Just like they can take a business first approach, so can I. That's why I want to make it clear I'm not happy and have requested a trade. Until that trade happens, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> that, that's a good one. And we'll handle this myself like professionals do. You know, like, I think who, I, I forgot who plays on the, it's Jones, right? Jones plays on the other side of him. Like Rashard Jones, not Rashard Jones. Hold on, let me look at the Dolphins roster real quick because I'm a little confused. Because I, I I don't really I don't really understand what the problem is. Because didn't he didn't he get a contract where it made him like a top five corner contract? Did he not get that? Am I wrong? Byron, okay, what was the contract? Five years, eighty two million. Okay, let's look at Xavier. Xavier, I'm sorry. Signed a five-year deal, $76.5 million with a $46 million guaranteed to be the highest paid in, in the league. So I'm a little confused. So what more do you want? You, you, you got the guarantee. You're one of the highest paid. So in other words, you feel like you, you are worth more than Byron Jones? Like... 
I, I don't I, I don't really get that. And <clears throat> so seventy five. So you mean tell me so seventy five million dollars and then forty six of that wasn't is not enough? Like I, I don't get that. See that's what I'm talking about. See this is what hurts teams. Like listen, Xavier Howard is a great player, top five corner in my opinion. But see this is what hurts. This is what hurts trying to build a championship championship team. Egos over championships. That's the problem. These guys were all about their brand, all about their, all about their money. Which I'm, I, I'm, I, I get it. But seventy six million dollars ain't enough. Are you serious? Get out of here with that. Something, 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 something's up. Something's not right with that. Because you and Byron Jones are getting this, practically the same amount of money. That's to me that that's 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 a little selfish. That's selfish. He want he wants to be the top paid corner. He's not going anywhere. The the, the 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 Miami Dolphins will work it out. I know since 2018 he's had 18 interceptions. He leads the league in that. But come on now, that's enough. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is back. It seems like the him and the Green Bay Packers are going to work things out. Uh, good. I, I mean, me personally, I don't care. Listen, I love Aaron Rodgers, but like I, we gave like the, the fact that we gave we, we gave Aaron Rodgers a sympathy card instead of holding him his feet to the fire. Nick Rosario made very great points about that, and so did Abs. But at the end of the day, you know, appreciate what you have and make and, and, and you as a as a star should learn how to make your players better. That's just me. That's just me. I know that they're trying to get uh, Randall Cobb back. And, and Green Bay, because Randall Cobb is in Houston, so with the Texans, and that should be interesting. Odell passed the physical. I can't actually. I'm actually kind of wait. Well, I know he he's he won't be on the pup list, but I'm curious to see how he'll look from his ACL injury. Um. I have questions about that. Top Madden edge rushers. <laughs> so Miles Garrett was the highest rated one, 98. Khalil Mack, 96. TJ Watt was a 90. Tied. The Watt brothers were 94. Chandler Jones, a 94. Cam Jordan, 93. Vaughn Miller, 93. Bosa, 92, Nick Bosa, 90, Sadarius so Smith, an 89. Oh, God. And then Jamal Adams and the Seattle Seahawks are not close to a deal as well. I, did, I, was, I was reading that, so I'm sure they'll get a deal in there. And then Aaron Donald, we made the 99 club, so him, Devontae, is it Devontae Adams? And somebody else. Let me look at that real quick. Yeah, it says Aaron Donald and Devontae Adams so far. 
Uh, I would like to see. No, never mind. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. So I'm going to transition. Um, this is kind of a revisit the topic. I think this was kind of interesting to talk about. So uh, I'm pretty sure tomorrow, if you can get a chance to catch his show, Sean Spencer with the Washington Football Weekly crew. I know they'll get to talk about this uh, with Riverboat Ron. Uh, practically virtually upset that half that most of his team is under fifth is less half the team is vaccinated. And beyond frustrated that so many of his players are unvaccinated, he's immunodeficient following his cancer treatment last year, which he completed. And then TJ Ward made this comment, just parked the riverboat. His health is beyond that of COVID. COVID. Maybe it's time to let it go. Don't blame players for your lifelong health decisions. At some point, you got to pay for them vices. Cancer runs in my family like many American families. But also bad diets and cigarettes do as well, except responsibility. Don't blame and be disappointed in your 23-year-olds because they have the bodies and opinions about their health. Y'all be on here getting mad. I guess this was on Twitter. Y'all be getting mad. Y'all be getting mad for anything. Can't think for yourselves, and you damn sure don't do no damn research. Y'all got an issue with what I said? Come ask me about it. So I know I know cancer. So show me before. Before you talk that bullshit, excuse me. Okay, so this is so this is a screenshot. And furthermore, how do you expect how do you expect somebody to have empathy for your situation when you refuse to have it for where you stand with for other people to stand? Continue on. That's psychotic. Come on, that's psychotic. Excuse me. Unempathetic by exact definition, and selfish. But I'm wrong. LOL. Fuck out of here. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's his opinion. I understand where he's coming from, but he's the coach. Um, I would remind TJ Ward that you were on a team last year that had three quarterbacks that couldn't play because of, of the same thing you're talking about, COVID. May I remind you also, too, in that game, your starting quarterback was the practice squad wide receiver. Only completed two passes. How'd that make you feel, TJ? Like I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from what he's saying. I get it, but he's missing the point. Like if this was your coach, and for you to come up with those comments. Well, I'm sorry, he didn't play for Denver, but he's a former Denver Bronco. But I'm pretty sure that he watched that. I'm pretty sure he watched the games. And I'm pretty sure he was probably disgusted to seeing how it turned out. 
But for him to come with these comments, particularly about a guy who not only getting cancer treatments, but also went out there and coached, that takes courage, that takes heart and determination, that strength. And for you, for these, these comments, it highlights ignorance. And I think it was disgusting because how, how, how can, how can you, I mean, (laughs) just think about it for a second. He's immune deficient. What do you mean when you say don't blame players for your lifelong health decisions? Robert Gray didn't have to coach last year, and he damn sure didn't have to coach before the pandemic. He didn't have to do that, but this is what he loves to do. They're not just coaches. There are players. Um, I cannot think of her name. She just graduated from Syracuse, and she was drafted. Well, she was with the Phoenix Mercury before she's now back overseas. Uh, Tiana, I cannot pronounce her last name, but she's Australian. Cancer survivor. Carlos Carrasco, Cleveland Indians. Cancer survivor. were insensitive and disrespectful and honestly fucking ignorant. It really shows the ignorance of some. And this is what I'm saying. This is why social media is a blessing and it's a curse. Listen, it's he's right. You have a he had, he had a good point. It's your choice of what you want to do if you want to get the vaccine or not. But also to do the research. But also to think about the consequences of your actions. And correct me if I'm wrong, the type of cancer that Coach Rivera had, it's a type of skin cancer. So in other words, pretty much he's saying, well, if you don't like it, go quit your job. Really? Oh, I can't, I, 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 I cannot wait to hear Sean Abs. Will Kramer, Antoine Benton, if he's on the show, Mr. Moral Support, I can't wait because I want I, I really want to hear what they got to say, and I can't and, and I, I'm if Sean Spencer's watching this, I want to make a guest appearance on the Roundtable episode podcast because I got some things I want to say on this because y'all don't want to hear what I got to say because this is the, that that this, these comments are flat on ignorant. This is the problem with society today. We don't we we we. we we were diarrhea at the mouth. And then on top of that, don't blame players for getting for, for your life on health. So in other words, you're giving the players justifications not to get the vaccine and not do the research. 
Again, diarrhea at the mouth. But what do I know? Beyond, beyond ignorant and foul. Beyond ignorant. But you know what? I'm going to pray for the brother. I really am. Because he says in the Bible, just turn the other cheek. Ron Rivera is a great coach. And yes, it is disappointing to hear that 50% of the team, like half the team is less is not vaccinated. But that's their choice. But they're also going to get a, a reality when the season starts, when there's certain things they can and can't do. Especially if someone comes down with it, which I'm hoping doesn't happen to any team, where you're going to lose a game check, where a game's going to have to be forfeited, where you where you half the team may go down. But what do I know? Let me let me let me read it again. I'll read it again. Well, actually, let me read the article from CBS Sports. I'm just frustrated, Rivera said, via J.P. Finley's NBC Sports of Washington. I'm beyond frustrated. Part of the reason I walk in with a mask is I'm immune deficient. I just hope our guys can understand that, which I'm sure they do. But again, unfortunately, like I said, y'all, the, the, the media and, and unfortunately, you know, people giving misconceptions of this and that when simply we have a phone, laptop, MacBook, and doing the research and getting the research from professionals that know what they're talking about. Let me just read this again. Like again, I'll leave this in the description, <laughs> description for y'all to see. Just park the boat, river boat, river boat. His health is beyond that of COVID. Maybe it's time to let it go. Don't blame players for your lifelong health decision. At some point, you got to pay for them vices. Cancer runs in my runs in my family like many American families, but also bad diets and cigarettes do as well. Accept responsibility. Don't blame and be disappointed in your 23-year-olds because they have their own bias and opinions about their health. Which is fine. But I mean, uh, like, yeah. they should know also, too, right from wrong. Like, if, like for example, right? Actually, let me just continue. And also, too, in the future health of their family, the nerve. Again, this in the scripture for y'all to see. Y'all be on here getting mad for anything. Can't think for yourselves and damn and you damn sure don't do nothing, no damn research. Y'all got an issue with that or what I said, come ask me about it. I know cancer. So know me before you talk that bullshit. And furthermore, how do you expect someone to have empathy for your situation when you refuse to have it for where other people stand? Come on now, though. That's psychotic. 
unempathetic by the exact definition and selfish, but I'm wrong. So but, but where did but where did he say that he's not understanding of where they're standing? You see how do you, you see how that makes sense? Where did where did he say in this art in this article that I read, he didn't come out and say, Well, these guys are wrong for not getting vaccinated. All he said was, I'm immune deficient, and I hope they understand that. I wear the mask to protect myself, and I hope they would understand that. I'm pretty sure they've had conversations behind the closed doors, TJ, that you're not aware of. But again, diarrhea at the mouth. So what do I know? So with that being said, y'all let me know y'all thoughts on these topics because you know why I'm, I'm going to end the show because now I'm because because uh, I'm going to I'm going to really keep I'm just going to leave it there because if I continue, I'm going to say something. That I don't want to, and I'm not trying to, and I'm not going to take it there because these comments are flat out ignorant. And he should be ashamed of himself. But what do I know? But with that being said, I'm out. Peace. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find. But I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. How do you do that? How do you do that? What the hell is going on?